Well, like Thursday night, and uh, these Thursday night four-hour shows are winding down with the Red Sox season opening uh, a week from today. So we will cherish every moment with Tommy Kern, who joins us here on the Harbor One Hotline, NBC Sports Boston, and the Tommy Kern Podcast, fresh off a trip to Florida. Tomas, how are you? Great. Are you telling me the Thursday night gravy train is about to pull into the station? You and might, all my Teddy 20s are going to dry up? You might get an email from Ken saying, hey, thanks for a great season, Tom. We'll talk to you in September. Just saying, you might get that. Do you people understand that football doesn't end? We uh, need April and May and June, and then June 15th to July 15th. Yeah, I'm working on some other projects, so I'm going to bother you on those. But it's a different conversation for a different uh, uh, night here on Mud at Night, WEI. Tonight's focus is not your paycheck. Tonight is about Brady, Kraft, Belichick and the Patriots. Let's start. Let's start with Brady. The national media is pretending, pretending that Brady did not get his way and win and get Arians pushed out. What is Tommy Curran's read on what happened the last 24 hours in Tampa? It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. All you have to do is remember people's names, swear a few times during press conferences, slap some backs, and everybody's going to bend over backwards to satiate you. Look, I mean, Bill was never like that. And you know, even when he and I had a great relationship, I never felt really beholden to him to really gild the truth to a point of, you know, where people are really rolling their eyes. Maybe I have, but I just don't think you can look at this situation and conclude anything except that Tom Brady either said, I'm coming back and Bruce has to do it different because I ain't changing or I'm coming back, and if Bruce still wants to coach, I don't know if I want to come back there. So one of the other happened. Maybe maybe Arian said, you know what, I kind of had it with this guy for two years. Um, maybe I'll just jump upstairs. But either way, both men did express enough, Arians in particular, fatigue with the other to indicate that they were all set. Well, I go back to a Tommy Curran line from a couple of years ago when Brady left the Patriots. I, your quote, Tom, I remember it very vividly. Tom Brady wanted to jump, not be pushed. And I think Arians might not have been pushed, but he was certainly nudged. There was a nudge by Jason Light and Tom Brady to say, hey, Bruce, you did a great job. We got a succession plan in place. You want to do it. What do you say, pal? Like, it's, it's simple. Why can't people say that? I, I have no idea. What, but Bruce has to somehow be given credit for hatching this plan mm-hmm. to make it seem as if he is this benevolent, Kangol-capped, grandfatherly type who made sure that everyone was taken care of. And I, I don't know the guy. I've talked to him in my life one time when he was the offensive coordinator for the Steelers down at their training camp. And he was engaging, but he's really a sacred cow among the media. And it's clear, look, Rich Ornberger did a great job reporting on it. I was told innumerable times that Tom Brady runs the team by people who would know whether or not Tom Brady was running the team. And look, Brady wanted something less intense and negative than what he experienced in New England. He found it. He won a Super Bowl in it. But he didn't want it to be that far less intense. And he didn't like the fact that there was probably, it seemed to me, a little bit of bitterness on the part of Arians for the amount of credit that he didn't get. And I think that that, at some point, you know, was really where the Fisher started to exist. Listen to some of the stuff Rich Ornberger said. We have it on our Patriots Talk podcast 
really, really great interview and great insight into how agitating it got for Brady. Uh, it's good stuff. Tommy Curran joining us here. And I guess the final piece of this Brady thing, I, I suspect, Tom, that getting his way is going to mean that Brady is going to end his career in Tampa and the Miami door might be shut. Is that, is, do you buy that idea? No, I don't. I mean, we'll see what they do at the end of the year. What I do think, before we slam the door on it, yep. is do you feel if, as if Tom Brady has changed so drastically that you don't even know him anymore and it bothers you to a point where you're no longer a fan? I, Tom, I'm not there. No, I think the league is now about quarterbacks, and if Tom wanted to fly to Europe, like I suspect he did, and as you said, tell the Glazers my way or the highway or some sort of amended way, the quarterback's got the power. And by the way, I think because he's been such a legendary quarterback, I feel like he's earned the right. If Mac Jones pulled that power play, you'd roll your eyes a little bit. But for me personally, no, I give Brady credit for probably saying to the Glazers what he may not have said to the Crafts back in 2019 and saying, i got to say this before I regret the whole thing the way it goes down. And I feel like the way the Patriot thing ended – probably led him to be forthright with the, the Bucks owners in this case. Well, I think what's, what's also interesting, too, is for 15 or 16 years in Foxborough, nobody was more selfless than Brady. Nobody put the team ahead of himself more than he did. And the team won five Super Bowls in that period of time, from 2001 to 2016. And then when Brady got a little bit of self-actualization, instead he uh you know, I got five Super Bowls. Maybe I'm going to start to do some things that put Tom first. Belichick really threw it into overdrive as to, okay, we've got to move on from this guy. So, to me, I think that Brady says to himself, look, i got 15 minutes left in the NFL. The last three years I spent in Foxborough, even though we went to two Super Bowls in 17 and 18 and won one of them, it was kind of miserable. I didn't get to author my exit there. I didn't take charge. I didn't grab the wheel. I'm going to do that now because I'm at 15 minutes left, and I'm going to run it the way I want to. So has he changed? Absolutely. But, again, I feel he has cause to do that, and I don't begrudge him that. I don't think I'm – I know I'm not alone. Excuse me. I know the other side has plenty of people on it. Friends oh, yeah. of mine are like, he sucks. Yep. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> and I, I think, yeah, he did change. And he changed because his life situation is different. And he paid the dues as the other guy enough to say, you know what? I'm not going to go along to get along. Tommy Curran joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. And I guess to I continue on Brady for a second, uh, we'll get to Kraft in your column, what he had to say in regards to Bill Belichick. But now that the Bucks did what Kraft wouldn't and they went with the quarterback over the coach, at least in our opinion, Tom, you think Bob Kraft has regrets he did not do the same thing uh, back in 2019, 2020? Probably some in that he completely deferred to Belichick and kind of did a Pontius pilot in that and said, you, you make the decision, I'll, I'll abide by it, knowing that Bill would be economically sound. But despite doing that, Robert still got a lot of the heat for the departure. Robert didn't get included in the goodbye speech. Yeah, it didn't help him, yeah. Brady took it out on him. <laughs> and... I think all of us can acknowledge that it worked out for the best for both franchises. Brady's in a better spot. The Patriots have their quarterback of the future. The Patriots weren't going to win a Super Bowl in 19 or 20, excuse me, 20 or 21, and they'd still be looking for the quarterback. So, but I can't imagine that Robert Kraft doesn't sit there and lament and say, we should have figured out a way. And if we had drafted better in the last years of Brady, we wouldn't have had to be buying Mohamed Sanu Hmm. 
and running around trying to figure out whether Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi could play. <laughs> it's such a good point. And, I mean, I, I, I think I know what your biggest takeaway was. Down there in Florida, Belichick spoke for 31 minutes, said nothing. Kraft spoke for 11. And I thought it said a lot. And, and whether you want to call it on notice, alert, whatever, that's what I took uh, Bob Kraft. I think you alluded to him. You know, Bob in Brookline on line one, he sounded like a sports talk caller to our station, ripping the drafts. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I liked the idea that he's letting the fans know and letting Bill know that he's keeping an eye on things. And if results, and he said results a couple times, they're not what he wants them to be. There's going to be changes. What did you make of that? How do you think Bill reacts to what Bob Kraft said on Tuesday? I never heard him say there's going to be changes. Maybe I'm splitting hairs. I, I think he was see. I think he was alluding to it by saying. I think it was inferred. Yeah, me too. Me but too. that's where I keep saying: Is this an or else, or is this? A, I'll be even more disappointed. I mean, <laughs> is there? You have a 70-year-old head coach and an 80-year-old owner, both of whom remain extremely sharp. But it's fascinating to watch. I do think that there was an element of muscle flexing from Robert Kraft in this yep. instance. Yep. Just telling people, look. It is my team, don't forget. And as great as Bill has been, I spent $260 million last year in total contract money, 160 in guarantees. So he better not say, can I have some more money for this year? Even though Kraft, excuse me, Belichick has not done that. So my, my take on it was what yours is. This is a particular division of the craft industries that has gone beautifully over the years. The results over the last few have not been great. Robert has to understand, and I'm sure he does, that the personnel has changed drastically and it's dropped off. But when you really look at the devil that's in the details, it didn't need to drop off so profoundly. And poor decisions were made in personnel, meaning drafting, that led to them being a little more challenged on the field, yeah. and also, in the factory. And also from, from Kraft, a little bit of patting himself on the back, all right, he bring up the draft, because remember, Bob was the one who stepped in last year and said it's going to be more of a collaborative. It worked out, and I think he sort of spiked the football on that point with that opening salvo 52 seconds on Tuesday. He very, very, very much did. And, and you know, he believes that his turning the dial up on the pressure absolutely had an impact. He believes that to the core. So why take his why take his fingers off the dial? But at some point, you know, the question is, when does Belichick say, Robert, you're acting like you know thick and thin. There's not a lot of thin around here. I mean, you, remember when I asked him about the draft picks a couple of years ago? Yeah, and he said, I'll hold my record over the 20 years up against anybody's. Yep. Of course you would. <laughs> would you hold your record up over the last five years against anybody? Well, 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 you know, well, 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 you know, Tom, we, we, had, we, wrapped, we, wrapped, we, Kyle, we got Kyle Duggar in those drafts, Tom. We got, we drafted. So, uh, all right. I so mean, this, this is not always, this is not totally football related, but I have to scratch this itch. So what's the Tommy current take on Matt Patricia being the tag team partner to Bill on all this stuff? Josh never was, as far as I can tell. I asked Andy Hart. He said, Josh never got that thing. What? Is this is this him grooming Patricia to be the next head coach? Is this buddies who are socializing with wives and girlfriends in Florida? What is Patricia palling around mean to Tommy Kern? Well, usually there would be Casario. So it would be Belichick and Casario because that was his personnel head. Uh, this time around it was Elliot Wolf and Belichick and Patricia. So 
Patricia seems to be a consigliere, and Wolf has a direct line of director of player personnel. So maybe he's showing Wolf the ropes and lean. I said Elliot Wolf. I mean Macro. Excuse me. Um, it's okay. All the way through that, just strike Wolf and put it in grow. Gotcha. And he's just trying to get. I don't know why Matt Patricia is a remora to the shark of Bill Belichick, but he is. He is. <sighs> Never ends, like you said. He's Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston. Excellent column up right now on Belichick and Kraft. And as he said, uh, podcast galore, NBC Sports Boston. Tom, great job. We will uh, connect at some point next week, my friend. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you, Mike. That's our guy, Tommy Curran, joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. And a lot there to unpack. We'll do so with your phone calls. Again, to more Patriots and Mac Jones progression next. Hour 2, Mud at Night, WEEI.